0: Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Augustine of Canterbury. St. Augustine was the first Archbishop of Canterbury. Some of you might be familiar with that term, Archbishop of Canterbury. Canterbury is the seat of the primate of the Church of England, the, uh, the head clergy of the Church of England. Uh, and I think it's very fitting today that we celebrate this memorial because of one of the lines in the Gospel reading that says, uh, when Jesus prays, he says, uh, that they may be one just as we are one. Now, we're not in communion with the Church of England. In fact, when we look at, you know, how successful are we as Christians with this idea of being one as, as the Trinity is one, we can look at the 30,000 plus Christian denominations and say, we probably aren't doing a very good job. All right? That they may be one. Something we could pray for today is is the unity of Christians. We pray for that all the time. In fact, there's votive masses. There's prayers in the Missal that we have specifically for the unity of Christians. How do we do that? How do we be one as Christians as the Trinity is one? We get that answer in the first reading today. St. Paul says, let's see if I can find it in here. He says, it is better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive. The whole reason behind this is because we are made for giving. We're made for giving. And we hear this in the documents of the church. We hear this in Gaudium et Spes. John Paul II would emphasize this also where it says, man cannot find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. In other words, we cannot find fulfillment until we give of ourselves. When you think of vocation, that's, you know, big V vocation that we're all called to, the vocation of holiness, as well as our little V vocation, each of our specific vocations, that we look at these vocations in light of how is the Lord calling us to give of ourselves, to make a sincere and full gift of ourselves. You look at marriage, what do the spouses do? They give themselves to each other. All right? And that's always looked at in light of the sacrifice of Christ and his relationship with the church, that he gives himself totally for the church. It's a great reading from Ephesians 5 we hear at weddings. So that, you know, we hear, husbands, love uh, your brides as Christ loved the church. That's that self-sacrificial giving. It's giving of ourselves. For the priesthood, we literally lay down our life at ordination. We put ourselves, stakes down on the floor, uh, symbolically, you know, laying down our lives as the church prays for us. We give ourselves completely and totally. It's one of the reasons for priestly celibacy is to give, the priest gives himself totally to the church, recognizing that the church is now his bride. Same thing with religious life, how sisters will take, or even you know, religious brothers, they take vows. There's a complete gift of self in these vows. That's how we do this. That's how we strive for unity, is when we put the needs of somebody else before us. You know, think of the prayer of St. Francis. and I love this line from the prayer of St. Francis. It is in giving of ourselves that we receive. That in order to receive, somebody first has to give. There has to be a first gift that can be received. If no one's giving anything, there's nothing to be received. So that goes back to what Aristotle would call the first cause. Who is the first giver? The first giver is God. He gives us life. He gives us creation. The beginning of the Bible is God creating everything and creating human beings. He is the first giver. And so what happens is, with sin is that every time we fall into sin, it is a lack of ability for us to see somebody else's needs before our own. To love somebody else um, is a failure to love somebody else in loving ourselves first. Self-love is important. We can't love ourselves, we can't love anybody else. But at the same time, we can't let that become a vortex. It can't become a vacuum of, well, it's my needs entirely. Whereas sometimes the greatest acts of love have been sacrificing from our needs to give to somebody else. That's how we become one. That's how we stay one. It's the idea of putting others before ourselves. So in a particular way today, we pray for the unity of Christians. We pray that, um, that one day we may become one as, as Jesus prayed. And I, I feel like there's a reason he prays that prayer. You know He knows that there's going to be division. That's how Satan works. Satan divides and conquers. That there's, there's, everything kind of revolves around this principle of unity. And, and, you know, we think of the Trinity, and we'll have Trinity Sunday coming up in a few weeks. That whole idea is unity. How does Satan work? He divides and conquers. In a time like today, you know, when we, we hear so many things back and forth about the pandemic, it's being politicized so much. Everything's being politicized. How do we know what's right, what's wrong? The worst thing we can do is to become divided. The best thing we can do is to unite ourselves to the Trinity, who is unity itself. By being united to the Trinity, by living a life, as Father Mitch said in his homily the other weekend, to have the indwelling of the Trinity within us helps us to be one, helps us to strive for unity. So we pray for that today, that we may be one just as God is one.